Hey world, this is Ross here with my podcast. This is episode seven. It's crazy. I have uh, seven, well, this will be my seventh episode, and it's like uh, it's like it's a real podcast. It's exciting. Um, yeah, a couple dates I want to share with you. Uh, actually, one in particular, Nashville. It's going to be a big show. It's June 29th. It's a Friday night. Um, Nellen Dryden's playing, who's a really good friend of mine. Her boyfriend, Jules, played guitar on the newest record. He's an amazing player, and she is an amazing songwriter. Um, the guys from Greco, who are a band based out of Athens, Georgia, they're going to be playing on the show. And then the beautiful and talented Nicole Boggs is going to be on that show as well. So I'm really excited. Yeah, that's June 29th at the local on the West End in Nashville, formerly known as The Country. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. And you can go to rosslivermore.com so you can hear a list of all of the upcoming dates. I have a tour that I'm about to announce with the band uh, Flying Buffaloes, which is a Nashville-based band here. Uh, I'm really excited about doing those shows and getting on the road with those guys. Um, and that's going to be in August. And yeah, a bunch of cool stuff happening. Um, and you can get some information about the new record as well. So yeah, rosslivermore.com. As always, you can um, hit me up at heyworldpodcast at gmail.com for any type of feedback. I am open ears. Also, check out the Hey World playlist on Spotify. I'm going to be updating that weekly, talking about the songs um, on this podcast and some other songs that I'm just into as of late. So cool. Uh, yeah, Hey World episode seven. Let's do it. All right, so here we are, Hey World Episode 7. Um, yeah, this is exciting. And thank you guys for tuning in to the bonus episode with Trevor. Um, I put it out on Friday. I think that's what I'm going to start doing is like some some bonus episodes where I just talk to some friends of mine here. I don't know. We'll, I, I don't really have a plan for that or really at, at all for this podcast. I'm just kind of doing it. But um yeah, so it was just a good conversation with Trevor. He's a good friend of mine. And um, I think, so this, I'm recording this on Monday. This is going to come up on Tuesday. But I think if you're listening to this um, on Tuesday, my podcast with him came out yesterday. I don't know. Recording the day before can get confusing. But if you visit Trevor Larkin Talks and Listens, my podcast with him should be live now. So you can head over there and check that out. Um, cool. You know, I, I just got gas at Costco and, uh, <laughs> I feel like I am sometimes I just do things in my life and I'm like, man, I am, I am an old man. Like I intentionally go to Costco cause I know it's 30 cents cheaper. So I'll like go out of my way to get gas. And then you're like, you're getting your gas and then you're in the parking lot and you're just like, man, all these people are driving so fast in this parking lot. What do they, what do they think they own the parking lot? And I'm just, anytime I'm with Emma and I drive anywhere and I'm in this big parking lot, she's just like, you're just like your father. <laughs> you're just like an old man. You're like my dad. And I'm like, I, I know it just, but it doesn't piss you off that these people drive so fast in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I did. I actually just went to her school and, um, and met some of her students at Hillsborough high and, uh, yeah, they, they wrap up 
school here. I think Thursday's the last day, but all of our seniors are out. And I am, uh, I'm excited because we're going to her, uh, her high school graduation on Wednesday night. Um, she has some seniors that are graduating and she's actually up for teacher of the year. So I really hope she wins for a couple of reasons. One, because I am just proud of her because she's doing such a good job and her students love her. I was just there and, and she had a free period and all the students just kind of like come in and they're like, ah, Miss Griffin. Um, so yeah, she just has a really good relationship with her students. So it'd be great for her to win teacher of the year because of that. But also I just really want to see how embarrassed she gets um, when they call her name in front of the, uh, the whole school and all the parents, if that happens. Um, but Oh, I, I think it will. She got a lot of votes and I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's going to be really cool. And, um, I'm going to be Instagramming the whole thing like the old man that I am. So if you follow my Instagram story on Wednesday night, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of videos from her high school graduation. Um, so yeah, that's going to, that's going to be cool. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really, she's been, it's crazy. Like I've been here in Nashville in October. It'll be three years. So it's like two and a half. I'm currently in my junior year of Nashville, as I say. And uh, she's been here for two years. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's really cool because I moved here, obviously, for music. And um, she moved down here because of me. Um, And to see her thriving is... uh, in her school and just in life down here and kind of making her own path, um, aside from like my music stuff is, is really cool. And, uh, I'm excited for Wednesday. This will be the second Hillsborough graduation that I've, I've gone to. And, but I love this time of the year too, because I get to go into her school and help her clean up the classroom and just, just Instagram her, you know, packing up papers and boxes and, put on, you know, the Green Day song, Time of Your Life, and that that other, what is it, vitamin vitamin C? Is it vitamin C? As we go on, we remember all the times we spent together. And she just hates me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is, I think, my, the favorite, my favorite time of year is helping Emma pack up boxes just so I can put those videos on Instagram and Snapchat. Um, anyway, anyway, um, lot to talk about. So I actually just got back. Well, I I got back from Birmingham, Alabama, a trip to, that was my first trip ever to the great state of Alabama. Um, and as a guy that moved from Massachusetts, excuse me, I'm going to have a sip of this Pola Seltzer. And by the way, um, I'll get I'll get to the Birmingham thing in a second, but if you live in Nashville, can we just get off this LaCroix kick and just everybody just go to Publix and buy Polar Seltzer? It's made in Worcester, Massachusetts, and I know I'm a homer on this, but the flavors are better. Um you're getting the the value's better. You're getting a twelve pack for the same price as LaCroix, which is an eight pack. Um so you're getting 12 for the same price. The flavors are better. It's more carbonated. Um, I think the only reason why you people don't get it is because the packaging, like the logo, if you can see on the Instagram live story, it's not great. I mean, I like it because it's nostalgic for me. Um, it's like the old Miller Lite can. 
you know? Like, Miller Lite, no one really drank it, and then they switched to that Vortex bottle, which was just such a scam. And then, and I don't think that helped at all, but then they went to that Miller Lite can, the white can, the old vintage logo, and for some reason, everyone just started drinking Miller Lites again. Polar has always been true to their logo, and... uh I love them for it, but it's just a far superior soda water to LaCroix. And if you go to, and they, they sell it at Publix here in Nashville, which is great because if I, you know, and I think I'm going to do this, they have buy one, get one freeze. And I don't know if it's a weekly thing or if it's just, they have too much and they have to get more, but I'm going to try to figure out what days they do this buy one, get one free. And I'm going to let you guys know, uh, what days it is. I'm going to really do some research on this because I need, it's going to be a goal of mine. And I know my roommate, Dan is way into this and, uh, the band that he plays with, they're all from Massachusetts. So they're into it too. And I don't, it's, I want to, I want to let people know about the secret. I don't want to keep this a secret. Um, I want to let people know that polar is far superior. I already switched Bobby Holland who produced the newest record. He was a LaCroix guy, <clears throat> excuse me, a LaCroix guy. And, um, I got him to switch over to Polar, which is exciting because he's a lifelong Tennessean. He grew up in Nashville. And I don't even think LaCroix is, it's not from here. I don't even know where it's from. But having said that, uh, everyone who's listening to this who lives in Nashville, uh, go to Publix and drink Polar instead of LaCroix because it's far superior. Anyway, so yeah, we went to Birmingham this weekend to play a show at the Nick, and uh, my good friend Jared, who uh, used to work at Zanies, I met him at Zanies. He came with me, uh, which was great. I I do these trips sometimes solo, and um, this was just a one-off, so it wasn't really that bad to go alone. But um, I always like having a travel companion with me because I don't know, you go out for a couple days. I don't really go out for that long right now. Um, the goal is to eventually start touring a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just always nice to have someone there with you. You could talk to. So yeah, Jared came with me and he's from, he's from, uh, Rhode Island and I'm obviously from Massachusetts. So it's like two, two lifelong New Englanders going on a trip down to Alabama. So we, <laughs> I think we kind of stood, stood out a little bit, but, um, yes, yeah, so we drove down there and went to a brew house which is like your classic pretentious bartender. And like, so I got, I got a couple Blancs, which they used to have at Victoria station, RIP. Um, and one thing I hate about these brew pubs is like, they'll pour a glass of beer and like half of the glass will be the head of the beer. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's how it's supposed to be served. And it's just like, I feel like it's supposed to be served as a full glass of beer. Uh, and not fucking like half of the beer and then half just bubbles on top. And like, it's just this classic, like, you know, weirdly shaped stein glass with a stem. It's just like, okay, I just want to have a beer and drink the whole glass of beer. Um, but yeah, so we went there and it was just, it was, it was kind of average all, all in all this trip. I feel like we kind of just like struck out on most things that we did. It was like, you know, and, and like, I hate to say, like, I try not to judge a place by one visit. I know a lot of people, they like come to Nashville or a lot of people like they go to, um, 
they'll go to Massachusetts and they went there once and they're just like, I hate Boston. The people are mean, meh. Or they'll come to Nashville and be like, I had a really bad experience. So I hate that place. And it's like, you have to, you can't judge a place based on one bad experience with the place. Because if I, if I did that, there'd be a lot of places that I would just say suck because like, you just have a weird time. Like how many times have you gone to New York city and had your ass kicked and like, not literally, or maybe literally, but you go to New York and it just like chews you up and spits you out. And then you keep, you keep going back. But like, if you just judged the greatest city on earth by one visit, you'd hate it. But like, I don't know. You have to just keep going back and not judge it by, by the one time. And and anyway, so we went to, we went to Birmingham and I feel like everything we were trying to do just was just, I don't know. The people were really nice, but like, we just couldn't get it right. Um, so we went to this brew pub and it was fine. It was just like average. And we went to another bar called, uh, I think it was the black mirror. That might not be right. Um, that's the show black, the black page, something. Um, and they had dollar Guinness blondes. So we had a couple of those, which if you get a dollar, hearing someone say like, yeah, we have dollar beers. I don't know. That just doesn't happen where I grew up. And even in Nashville, it's, it's getting pretty expensive. Um, so yeah, we went there and it was fine. And, and we got to the club, which is your classic, like rock club. And anyone who plays music knows exactly what I mean. Just like staples all around the outside of the wood. It's like all, everything's black stickers everywhere. Um, behind the stage, like the whole back of the stage is just wrapped with an American flag, a huge, huge American flag. Um, just fucking badass, man. It's Alabama badass. So we, uh, it, it's just like, I was playing a solo acoustic set and it probably wasn't the venue for that. Um, but anyway, so we got there and the bartender Z was like super nice. Um, but it was just kind of like the dingy rock club. And uh, we walk in and just to the right side, there's like an unplugged uh, <laughs> unplugged crock pot with one hot dog in it and buns. And like the only place you could get away was the bathroom that just kind of didn't smell great. Um so yeah, I mean like what basically when I try to go to these new cities, I'm I'm doing a lot more traveling now and when I go to the new cities, I'll do just research on clubs and to be honest like I I don't feel like I am above any place or any gig or any job really. Like a- everything that I'm doing in my life is is like moving me towards the goal of being a professional musician and hopefully growing the fan base and um I don't ever feel like I'm above any place. So when I when I tell you about this this venue or any venue, it's from a very objective standpoint. Um, and not in a a way that I, I feel like it's a bad situation, but, um, sometimes like when you're playing music, like I play or playing metal or any music, there's just venues for that, that it works. And there's venues that it just doesn't, you know, and that's just reality of it. So anyway, we went to this gig and I played with a band that is, um, from here in Nashville, I guess they're all transplants, but they're called Roanoke. Um, and they, yeah, we, we, they were, they were a great band. 
uh, six piece band. And it's funny, like every time I see a band that big, I'm like, man, how do you operate with six people? Um, I could barely get myself on the road. Um, but they sounded great. They were a great band. And, um, when we got there though, the, the first band or the, the local, the only local band was just like, I don't know if you follow the Instagram page rigs of dad, um, for it's, it's, it's musician humor. It's just like a bunch of dudes that look like dads playing stuff. It's just really funny inside humor about guitars and, um, kind of just like dad bands and stuff. But this band was just straight out of the rigs of dad, uh, Instagram page. And we had, unfortunately couldn't catch their set because we had to drive back to Nashville, but yeah, they were the other band. And then there was a band called the Sedona's who were from Knoxville and they were also making the trek back to, um, Knoxville after the show. So a lot of like, it was very much like a, you, you show up, you do your set, catch the band after you. And then everyone is driving home. Cause that's just how it, how it goes sometimes. Um, but yeah, it, it was just kind of like, and I'll be the first person to admit when I play a set that was bad or I just like didn't have it. And I felt like my set was pretty solid. You know what I mean? Like I, I really didn't have any complaints about the way I was singing or playing. Um, or my, I thought my banter was fine, but like sometimes you just have those, those nights where you just can't win the people over. And like I said, like I, you know, it's, I'll be the first person to admit when I suck, you know, I have no problem saying like, I mean, I just didn't have it tonight. And it's just, it's just one of those nights you can, you can only really in those situations, like you might be in a, in an uncomfortable vibe of a room or like the people are just not feeling it. They're not really into what you're doing. They've kind of just come to see the band they want to see and you're not that band. So like, you're not going to get their attention. And like, I don't know. It's just a hard thing to mentally move past, but like all you have to do really is just all you can do is just play the best set that you can. And that's, that's what I did. And I feel like I did a pretty, pretty good job, but like, you know, there's, there were, and there was not like that many, there was not a bad amount of people. There was probably like 20 people in the room, but like, sometimes you just, sometimes it's just not your night. And you know, that can be, that can be hard. That can be really discouraging when you drove three hours from Nashville to play a show and you play your show and you didn't really win any fans over and then you hang out and it's late and you have to do three hours back. You get home at four in the morning and you just think like, what was this for? What is to be gained um, from a night like this? And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I have the answer. I don't know what the answer would be other than to just kind of keep playing. Just like, there's going to be bad nights and there's going to be great nights. There's going to be great audiences. There's going to be great. There's going to be bad audiences. There's going to be like, there's just so many fast peaks and valleys in the days and in the shows it's you kind of just have to brush it off and and find something there's 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 never bad gigs there's never a bad gig um the situation could be unfavorable um 
but there's always something to be learned. And no matter what, um, with those types of shows and those types of venues, um, I feel like it, it almost like is a test of your willpower and, and your professionalism. Like you have to, I, I don't know. I talked about this before with like, with serving tables and people who move here to be professional musicians who feel like they're above their jobs and they're above what they're doing because they're just an artist and they're not going to compromise for anyone or anything. But I feel like these types of gigs and when you go out and it's just a test of your willpower and your professionalism, like no matter what, you always have to carry yourself in a professional manner, no matter who you're talking to. Uh, and I've learned this in Nashville because you don't know who you're talking to and you don't know who's in the room. Um, so you always have to be on your game. You have to, no matter where the show is, no matter who you're playing for, you always have to be at your best. And um, I think when you play these shows in rooms like that, that aren't like really favorable to your style of music, those are almost better. They're better training for you in, in that realm of like, how, how do I get through this? How can I make it through? Um, but you do and you'll be fine. You know, um, you have to, I don't know. I, I'm, I could just be rambling at this point, but like, I guess this is the first time I've really even talked about this show. So it's like, I'm trying to just process too, but I don't know. And, and like, it's one of the things, and I've, I've thought about this actually, like one of the things that I, I gained from that is, um, I played a couple of shows on Broadway here in Nashville a couple of years ago. And when I announced this show with Roanoke and Sedona's, I got a Facebook message from a guy named Brandon Norris, who is from Birmingham. And he said, uh, Hey man, I saw you were playing down in Birmingham. I'm going to be there. And I'm really looking forward to hearing the original songs. And you know, it's, it's so easy to get inside your own head about like the venue and your performance and making sure the merch is, is out and like all the other bullshit that really doesn't matter. I guess your performance does matter. But all this other bullshit, um, when in reality, you have a fan. You have someone there who took time out of their night. Brandon has kids. He took time out of his night to come and see you play music. So I, I look at that like, this is a victory. I have someone that came to see me play um, at this, at this venue. And that was, uh, and that was the big, I think the big takeaway for me, like a test of your will and your, prof your professionalism and like practice anytime you're playing in front of people, that's practice. And you did have a fan. I know like you might not have won people over that in that night, but you did win one person over. And it was the guy that saw you two years ago who remembered you from Broadway and um came to the show and i gave him a cd i wasn't gonna make him pay for it and like he could be potentially a fan for life now and maybe bring more people to the next time because like although this might not have been my best show in birmingham like it's definitely a good area for me to be playing in and i think you know i just have to do some research on the on the city and find some good places that might be a little better for an acoustic act um so that was like a big takeaway for me. And then we drove home and made it and 
got to my yoga class the next day and got all Zen and I was good to go. One of the things I actually forgot to mention was one of the things that was really frustrating for me about the show. Oh, DJ tones join the, the live feed. Um, like I said, I'm doing a live feed on Instagram for the first segment of the podcast. So it's typically on Mondays when I do this. So check it out. Anyway, whatever. Um, man, they're sound man. And this is where it gets into the test of professionalism. Like sometimes you just with the house sound guys, it's one of the hardest jobs in music. So I have nothing but respect for people who do sound, but just sometimes you just get a bad one, just like mus musicians in any job. You just have, sometimes you just have people who are bad. Um, and it wasn't that he was a bad sound guy. It was just, he was kind of like I got the vibe. He was pretty coked out and just like jittery and like all over the map. And so I did my like line check and I'm on stage and it's fine. I get upstage to play unmutes everything. And at the rock, I don't know if you've ever, ever been on stage at a rock club, but you're just surrounded by monitors and you have the big monitors on the sides of the stage and you have the drum monitor then you have the wedges in the front and you're just surrounded by speakers that are facing you and facing the house and he unmuted everything and it's like every single monitor that was facing me just screamed with feedback to a point where I just like had to cover my ears it was it was brutal and like that is the type of shit that is frustrating that you have to battle through um so he freaked out and couldn't really figure it out and you're just kind of standing there on stage waiting as everyone's watching you and so he goes up to the monitor in front of me and I'm like right in front of the microphone. I have the mic like a couple inches from my mouth and he just gets up, backs into the mic and the microphone just smashes me in the face right as I'm about to perform. And like, I, you know, I wasn't bleeding. I'm not like, it, I was, I was fine, but it's just like that type of shit that happens at these venues that you don't know what you're getting yourself into. That is just like. I don't know, this, this test of willpower, like, how do you, I don't know, you're just getting feedback screaming in your ears and just get smashed in the face by a microphone by this like coked out dude. And then you have to like perform for 40 minutes. I don't know. I know I'm sounding like I'm bitching a lot, but like, I think overall the show was fine. And like, I'll be going back to Birmingham, but like, sometimes there's these things happen where you're just like, fuck man, like, what do I have to do to catch a break here? Um, but you did catch a break. Brandon came and, you know, we made it back and I'll be going back, do some research, find some good venues. I, I asked some of the bartenders too, like, what are some other venues to play? So hopefully in the next couple months, I'll be hitting back to Birmingham. And I got to hang out with Jared too. And it was solid. And it was, it's, that's, that's why I like traveling with people. Cause you have these moments to share with someone else. It's not just like you in a room dealing with this bullshit you get to talk, talk kind of like talk it out with someone. And Jared, he's a listener of this podcast and he's a good friend of mine. So pretty much the whole ride home, we were just kind of talking through it. And, you know, you live to fight another day, as they say, and you're better having dealt with it. Um, so cool. Yeah, that was my trip. That was my trip to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, yeah, so that's good. Anyway, um, why don't we get into a song? And actually, I, I, you know, I've thought really not, I guess not that hard. I don't really think too hard about it, but, um, 
I was trying to think of a cover song to do and racking my brain. I didn't want to just do another song that I already knew. Um, so I figured, like, why not get into a song that um, we're going to put on the new record? And the, and the reason why I'm doing it, it this way is because I don't want to, like, show all of the songs right off the bat um, because they're all new and none of them, not all of them are fully ready yet. But there's a couple songs that I actually have had written for a couple years that we're putting on this new record. And one of them is a song called Walter and Allison. And it's a really important song to me. It's a really important song to my family. Um, so I figured I would talk about that one today. It's a song I wrote with a good friend of mine, Jared Hard and Jason Hargrove and myself. This one's called Walter and Allison. So Walter and Allison. Uh, Walter and Allison was a song that I wrote with uh, a couple people I met here in Nashville, uh, Jared Hard and Jason Hargrove. And um, yeah, so I actually met Jared at the Blue Bar um, Freak Show Writers Night. So what it is, is like every Wednesday night, um, there's this this Writers Night. Uh, there used to be. The Blue Bars has since closed in Midtown. And um, it was hosted by Terry Joe Box, who is a great songwriter here in Nashville. Um, she actually had a cut on Miranda Miranda Lambert's last album, uh, the double album, yeah, last album. Um, just a great songwriter, great person. Um, has always been super welcoming to me, um, which I've always appreciated because, like, I'm not really that that writer night tends to be a little more country based, and I, I'm not really in that world as much, but. Um, They've always been super welcoming to me. I met Ashley McBride there, who is crushing it. She signed with Warner. Um, I think her new record just came out, Girl Going Nowhere. Um, just a, a, the first time I ever saw her sing was at Blue Bar on a Wednesday night. Just incredible. Uh, I saw Miranda Lambert sing there one time, actually, too. She played a couple sets after me at an open mic, just like one of those random Nashville nights. Um, anyway, so I met Jared there and Jared in that circle is like, uh, like, like a worshiped songwriter. He is just like such a talented dude. Um, such a nice guy, super humble, but just amazing writer. Um, so I knew when I would, when I set up a write with him that I had to kind of come in with a really, really good idea. And, um, so around the time that we wrote this song, my grandmother had passed away and, um, that was two years ago, I'd say. And my grandfather, this is on my dad's side. My grandfather had died uh, two years prior to that or three years prior to that. Um, so she, when she had passed, I just had an idea um, about writing a song for the funeral. Um, Cause what the plan was, was to uh, take their ashes. They were both cremated and scatter them in the river in up in New Hampshire where they lived up in freedom, which is right near Ossipee, uh, just South of the, um, like the white mountain region. So yeah, I had this idea to write a song for that. And I knew it was like, that's, it's the type of idea. Like one thing I've learned about writing here in Nashville is like how to, how to be better about delegating your ideas to different co-writes. Um, cause what I would do at first was just, 
bring in any idea. Like I, I would have a really good idea and bring it into a write with someone who I had never met before. Um, and then you kind of just write like an average song with it. And it's like, man, I, through that I've learned like, okay, if I have a really good idea for a song, I'm going to save it for people who I like write with. And now I've, since I've been here for long enough, I have a bit of a, like a community of people who I, who I write with now, which, um, is great. That's one of the things I always recommend for songwriters who move here to town. It's kind of just like, and I've heard that when I moved here, just find your people, find the people who you like writing with, find the people who you like playing with and, and do that. And, but like without being clicky, you know what I mean? Like be welcoming and be open to other people. Um, but also like you find your crew and you find the people who you write with. Like I write with Brandon Norick and Michael Kite all the time. Um, they're good friends of mine, Lindsay Allen. Just like I always find myself writing with um, the same people. And uh, yeah, so that's what I mean, like finding your crew. So anyway, Jared was this like, he like if you're we're talking about colleges, it's like he's the reach school. It's like the, this is a dude who I really need to bring a good idea into. Um, so I ended up, we, do, we did a nighttime writing session over in East Nashville at a friend of his house because Jared has kids, so we can't really go right at his house so we ended up like meeting at this apartment me him and jason and uh sat around a table and wrote we didn't use any computers we didn't write on our ipad like i normally do we just like wrote it out and um it was just one of those uh it was it was an interesting writing session for me because it was the first time i realized like the the different the jobs of the people in the room. So like, for example, I was the one who had the idea. Like I brought the story about my grandparents and scattering their ashes. Um, and just kind of talk through like going up there as a kid and, you know, spending the winters and the summers up in New Hampshire and kind of like figuring out who you were finding an identity through going up and hanging in the woods and so Jared kind of came in and translated that story <clears throat> into song. And he was like really the driving force behind this song. And it's, you know, it's a self-conscious thing for me to say. And I always think it, but I've never really said it. Like, I feel like Jared kind of did most of the heavy lifting on this song. Um, and it's always kind of made me feel like, oh, I should have contributed more. But like, when you look at the end result, it never would have happened had you not done it this way so it's like i i was kind of the storyteller jared was the musical translator as they say and then jason was kind of the live editor um he was the one that like made sure everything we were saying was making sense and kind of like this objective editor in the room um and it was a really good system and then you know you get these stories about people who are just like the lucky person to be in the room um which totally happens. But this was just not one of those times. It was like every person in that room had a very important role. Um, and we were all serving the song. And it, it was just like an important, it was an important story to tell. And Jared as a writer and Jason as a writer have such a respect for the song and such a respect for the craft that... Um, everyone it forced everyone in the room on that night to pull their weight and and we all did and we and the end result was this song that I ended up playing um at my grandparents funeral and on my dad's side we're not like 
not talkers. We're not a very like religious family at all. Um, so my uncle especially was just like no mention of God at the funeral and no one did. Um, but so one of the things we did, we, we basically rented, uh, so we took, we didn't end up scattering their ashes in the river. I think my aunt might've taken a little bit and went up there and scattered some in the river, but we took them, uh, we rented the schooner, um, in Salem, Massachusetts, just the family. And it was like 12 of us took the schooner out and, uh, scattered the ashes in the Atlantic. And it was just a, it was a beautiful day. Um, it was a beautiful ceremony i got to play this song and it was just it it was it was perfect and um that's the power that that is that is why we do it that is why we write these songs um it was just it was a really good thing and it was really great to meet jared and we're continually writing and um just i'm really proud of this song and where it ended up and i'm so excited that we're actually putting it on the record we actually had it. It was in the mix for the 1979 session, but I don't think I, and I talked about this too with Trevor, uh, I think on his podcast about bottle of red, like those two songs, they're two songs that are going to be on this record, the new one. Um, but they were in the mix for the last one. And I, I, I almost feel like I wasn't ready. Not like, per, not like emotionally, just, I, I don't know. Sometimes you have a song that needs to find its legs, its own place in the world. And, uh, I don't think these songs were there yet around that time, uh, to actually record. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm really, really excited that we got a chance to, uh, to, to record these. And I think they both came out far better than I could have imagined. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for you to hear this. So this is the first song uh, that I'm going to uh, talk about on the new record that I'm going to talk about on this podcast. And it's called Walter and Allison. So let me get this mic set up a little bit and I'm going to play it for you. All right. <clears throat> On the riverbank we stand Halfway between freedom and Effingham The water's low but I know that it's still going to the sea Everybody's gathered round We've come to lay your ashes down My heart is heavy and I'll never be ready But I know I gotta set you free Walter build a house Allison built a home Walter bought a piano For Allison to play They were always reading All them stories about the ocean Someday they're gonna make it Past the breakers in the bay Someday they're gonna make it Past the breakers in the bay Doesn't seem that long ago Looking out that kitchen window Standing here I could swear that it was bigger back then You were making dinner like you always did And he was making men out of little kids Cause he knew that the water in the river was never coming back again Walter built a house Allison built a home 
Walter by the piano for Alice in the play. They were always reading all them stories about the ocean. Someday they're gonna make it past the breakers in the bay. Walter built a house, Allison built a home. Walter bought a piano for Allison to play. They were always reading all them stories about the ocean. Someday they're gonna make it past the breakers in the bay. Someday they're gonna make it past the breakers in the bay. On the river bank I stand, halfway between freedom and Effingham. The water's low, but I know that it's still going to the sea. So yeah, that's Walter and Allison, uh, written with myself, Jared Hard, um, and you should check out Jared's uh, latest EP. It's called Ten Thousand Hydrogen Bombs." So good. Um, he has a song on that record called "Brother" that will just crush you. Um, so good. He's so talented, and uh, Jason Hargrove. Actually, so we played that. Like I was mentioning, we played that. I played that song at the at the ceremony for my grandparents and we scattered their ashes. <laughs> and, uh, after we did it, my, my dad was, um, emptied one of the urns and actually my, uh, my aunt, <laughs> my aunt got a Canadian flag urn for my grandfather for neither of them were Canadian. <laughs> and it's clearly the Canadian flag, right? It's the red and the white and the maple leaf. <laughs> <laughs> my dad she she got the urn and brought it and was like yeah i got this urn i got it because you know well dad mom and dad really like the outdoor like the outdoor so i got one with a leaf on it and we're like andrea you realize that's the canadian flag right she's like oh no it's not it just had a leaf so we got it <laughs> so my grandparents were in a goddamn canadian flag urn uh their ashes so which was a really funny thing and um then we, so when my dad emptied the urn into the ocean, it was windy. We had a little bit of a Big Lebowski situation. And my little sister, the youngest of my two sisters, Lainey, helped them spread the ashes. And she got a little bit of grandpa in her eye. <laughs> so that's kind of been like an ongoing joke with my family. Um, we're dark people, you know. But I, I feel like in those types of situations, you kind of just have to laugh. Um, they both lived until their mid-90s. Great lives, um, great celebration. Um, actually, my grandfather, a little tidbit about that song, my grandfather didn't buy the piano. The piano was actually, I, I have that now. It was a fam It's a family heirloom. It was my grandmother's mother's. It's a 100-year-old chickering, the first to make the cast iron frame in grand pianos. They were the company that made, started making pianos with cast iron frames, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's a bit of a family heirloom that was passed down to my grandmother now passed down to me. 
and hopefully someday I'll be able to pass that piano down to a younger family member of mine. Um, so that's a little bit of, so naturally my uncle, after I played him the song, he's like, you know, grandpa didn't buy the piano, right? I'm like, I know, but like, can't let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? Um, so anyway, that's going to be the podcast this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, as always, I'm doing this once a week. Tell your friends. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. Um, maybe give it a little review. Show me a little love. Um, if you like what you hear, you can email me at heyworldpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the playlist on Spotify. Um, all my dates are at rosslivermore.com. At your dude stoked. Don't forget to check out Dude Stoke. We get some new tanks coming up soon. And uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much again. And uh, have a wonderful week. And we will see you in a little bit. Thank you. Bye-bye.